Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Hey everyone, so good to see you here on site. So good to see you online. You know, so glad you're gathering with us. And um, uh, you know, I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. We're going to have so much fun. How's the tail end of lockdown going for you all? Um, I hope you're feeling like some sanity is gradually being restored. Uh, you know, on the chat, let us know how you're doing. Uh, you know, maybe stick up your favorite party emoji right now. You know, we're on the way back, guys. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I've got to say to you, I had one, a, a real uh, kind of lockdown low this week. Uh, I was, uh, we've been looking after it as a family. We've been looking after a friend's three-inch tortoise called Hezekiah. <laughs> and I found myself halfway through the week just, um, just in the kitchen at one point with, with Hezekiah. Just me and Hezzy. And uh, I, I, I don't know where from, but from within, deep within, I started to sing the blessing over Hezekiah the tortoise. And that is a sign, people, that something is deeply, deeply wrong. Okay? Um, it was actually one of the best responses I've ever had to my worship leading, I'll be honest with you. But I'm really excited about this message today because I, wanna, I just want to say this to you, okay? As, as the people of God, as the church of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we've got to be powered by prayer. We've got to be powered by prayer. Because when we pray, things happen. When we pray, we see breakthroughs. When we pray, we get direction and vision from God. It's the place, you know, where it's the key to our authority. It's the foundation of our security when we pray. It's the center of our liberty. You know, the primary purpose of being powered by prayer is that we would get to know God better. And it follows on from Tim's wonderful talk last week where he encouraged us, amongst other things, to check out Adam and Eve on Minecraft. <laughs> but um, he also reminds us of this amazing moment in the New Testament when Jesus, it's a dramatic, decisive moment, you know, when Jesus goes into the temple and it's become a marketplace and he goes in there and he crafts this whip and, and he basically drives out the traders. He turns the tables upside down and he reveals the heart of God when he declares this statement, my father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. What a beautiful statement. You know, a few weeks ago in our house, we had a dramatic, decisive moment. There was shouting. There was frustration, confusion. Emotions ran high, pain, blame. It got personal. Why, I hear you ask, faintly behind a mask? Because the internet wasn't working. And, you know, it didn't matter what we tried. You know, standing over the toilet, holding your phone, like trying to get the best reception. Nada, nothing, all day. And I don't know in those moments if you've done this, but at home when suddenly you find yourself saying, is anyone using the internet? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Meaning, you know, if you are, you're slowing everything down for everybody else and you're hindering my life, my purpose and my destiny. So stop. 
Anyway, by 5 p.m., we eventually dis discovered what it was. You know, the plug had slightly come out of the socket going into the router. And, and we just put it back in and it worked fine. There were loads of theories as to how that had happened, by the way. My money was on everything other than me. But um, when that happened, you know, normal service was resumed. And it's like that with prayer. It's a bit like that, you know, when we plug back into the power source things work properly. If we ever needed a reminder of how important prayer was this last year, this pandemic, you know, that's given us a reminder, hasn't it, that we need to pray like never before. Do you remember when Boris Johnson gave his first address for the very first lockdown? He said this phrase, we are facing unprecedented times. And I love what Pastor Agu, who leads Jesus House Church, beautiful church, he said in response to that, he said, you know, when we're faced with unprecedented times, we need to respond with unprecedented prayer. And he said, why? Because we believe in the power of prayer. And prayer is where we get victory in the valley. When we turn to God, when we say, God, we're dependent on you. Only you can see us through this. So I want to just tell you about a beautiful scripture today. It's one of my faves in the Bible. And it, it illustrates this so well. It's from Exodus 17, 8 to 16. If you've got, got a Bible, open it up. Check it out on the screen. I'm going to read this to you. The Amalekites defeated. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands. One on one side, one on the other. So that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and we pray that you would speak to us today about the power of prayer for those of us who need to know again that you're the place to go in all of our difficulties, all of our times. I pray you would use what I'm gonna say, Father God, today. Amen. So what is going on here is that the Israelites, the children of God, they are on a journey. They've been wandering through the wilderness and they're on a journey towards the promised land. And along the way, they have faced loads of earthly opposition. And time and time again, they have seen heavenly intervention. Their eyes had seen the Red Seas parted. Their eyes had seen miracle manna from heaven come down, God's provision. Their eyes had seen water gush from a rock, just in, the, just in verses, just previous to this. Um, and God had provided water for them in the desert. They'd seen miracles and they barely have time to breathe when they are faced with a sudden, unprovoked, unexpected attack. The Amalek are on the attack. So who were the Amalekites? Well, 
they were descendants of Esau, who was the older brother of Jacob. Uh, He was a wild hunter. They had his blood in their veins. On some, you know, rabbinical interpretations on Google, it says that Amalek, the root word means to lick blood. These guys were fierce. They knew how to fight hard. They knew how to hunt down. And they're up against the people of Israel who've really only known what it means to be slaves. And suddenly, they've got to be soldiers. This was an unfair battle. This was Grimsby Town versus Man United. Yes, Man United, we've still got it. This was AC-12 versus the mysterious H and police corruption at the highest level. This was Noah Smith versus Justin Bieber. Frankly, frankly, JB doesn't stand a chance. But this was an unfair battle. But it was also a sudden attack. It was unexpected. Have you ever experienced that? You know, when life is going great, like the sun is shining like today and God is so good and out of nowhere, it's as if the devil turns up on your doorstep and, you know, he he gives you like this, this side swipe, this right hook and you find yourself reeling and like, how did I get here? Things were going so well. I didn't expect this. I didn't feel like I was doing anything particularly to allow this to happen, but it suddenly happened and here I am. And like, what's going on? When I was a student in London, uh, I, I used to love just walking around seeing the sights of London. And one Saturday, I remember being in Hyde Park, standing on a bridge, looking at the beauty of the flowers and the trees. And this, um, I, I felt this tap on my shoulder. And I turned around and this young guy walloped me in the face. And it was a sudden thing that happened. I remember looking at him. I was so surprised I didn't know what to do. I just went, ow, that really hurt. But it was sudden. It was out of the blue. And it's a bit like that for the Israelites here, okay? It was out of the blue. Why? Well, not because of what Israel was then. It was all about what Israel was about to be that they were about to walk into the promised land and the Amalekites were threatened by that. And the enemy is like that with us. He sees what you are about to be. He sees the promises that you're walking into, the plans that God has for you. And he wants to stop you before you can see who God wants you to be. God wants to bless us, okay? There is a great blessing he has for us. Whatever you feel today, that's the truth. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. You, 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 you. All of you online. There is a blessing for you. You, you, Trevine. You, 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 all of you over there. And you know, the greater the blessing, the more significant the battle. About 18 months ago, um, before all of this stuff happened, I set up this random prayer meeting on a Thursday night in the youth room. You remember the youth room over there? 
And about 40 people came, um, the head of our intercession team, who are amazing, Brian and Marguerite Eccleshaw. Should we just honour them for a minute? Like they pray, they cover the church with prayer when stuff goes on and we need prayer, they're amazing. They came and 40 people and, and, and we went along and I said, hey guys, you lead the prayer, I'm going to come along. And I'll be honest with you, I was feeling a bit defeated. I, I was feeling like the enemy had been having a bit of a go at me and and we went along to this meeting on a Thursday night, beautiful time of worship, Brian and Marguerite, you know, they led us in some prayer, we prayed for the world, we prayed for this, we prayed for that. And at the very end of the meeting, Marguerite said, there's one more thing we need to pray for today. I really felt God was put it on my heart earlier. And she looked at me and went, you. And 40 people descended on me in an instant, you know, like they were literally hands on me, like spit, sweat. At some point, someone anointed me with oil. Someone was shouting in tongues in my ear. It was louder than a jumbo jet. I mean, don't you miss those great days when we could pray together in person? But, um, you know, all of that was going on. And out of all the melee, Marguerite suddenly said, I've got this word for you, Nick. And um, I'm going to read it to you, okay? It was from Psalm 89. This is the Passion Translation. She said, Nick, God wants you to know this today. And she didn't know I'd been feeling defeated. She said this, I will be strength to him. I will give him my grace to sustain him no matter what comes. None of his enemies will get the best of him, nor will the wicked one overpower him. For I will crush his every adversary and do away with all who hate him because I love him and treasure him. My faithfulness will always protect him. I will place my great favour upon him. And, and, and I just went away from that meeting that night. And, and, you know, after I'd locked up the building properly, I went home. And um, the next morning, I was so encouraged. And I got up and I took my, the Psalms with me, that Psalm, and I put it on the piano. And, and I just started to sing out this song. And I was, I was bawling my eyes out. And these words, this song just started writing itself. And all these words just came out of me. And they were this. It was, it was the enemy that stands in front of me. No, they don't stand a chance. The mountain that towers over me, it melts within your hands. Because I am yours. I'm yours. I'm loved by the King of Kings. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. What a word. And it was in that, as if in that moment, I felt God spoke to me in my heart while I was at that piano. And he said, never forget that when you're in the valley, the victory in the valley is always powered by prayer. And that's what happens in this story. That's what we see. We know the end of the story. We know how it ends. You know, Joshua's fighting in the valley. Moses, Aaron and her, they go up the hill and they pray till sunset. When Moses gets tired, they prop up his arms because they notice a correlation between his arms being lifted and the victory being won, the arms being lowered and, and they're suffering defeat and they keep praying till sunset and then they see the victory and isn't God amazing? He responds to prayer like he responds to prayer and there are two things I want to draw out of this passage today for us, okay? The first one is this. Prayer works. Prayer works. Hands lifted, victory. Hands lowered, defeat. So we need to keep on praying. We've got to keep on praying. Do you know what the golden rule of prayer is? 
The golden rule, Jesus told us the golden rule of prayer. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. We see it again in the book of Jeremiah. Call on me and I will answer you. The golden rule of prayer is this. It's when you begin praying, it's knowing that it works. In this last season, I've been writing um, a few songs online with Taku. Um, and it's been really fun. We've loved it. And, and, you know, when I write with him, it's funny. Like, his mum suddenly kind of magically appears through a door. And I've got to know her and got chatting to her online. And, and like, literally, she's amazing in these moments. Like, she's such a prayer. Like, she's an intercessor. She prays. And she's, you know, it's amazing. Like, I, I write a song with Taku online, and I come away with a life-changing prophecy that she's given me. And literally last week, um, I was writing with Taku, and, and his mum appeared, and she came on and she said, Nick, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I love to pray for you. I pray for ministers. I love to pray for you. Nick, I need to let you know it's my pleasure to deal with the devil on your behalf because I love to pray for you. And, and you know what? I get up at 1.30 a.m. and I pray. And I go through to 2.30 a.m. To 3.30 a.m. To 4.30 a.m. To 5.30 a.m. To 6.30 a.m. She finishes there lightweight. But, you know, she said, here's why. Prayer, it's the winning ticket. It's the winning ticket. It was the winning ticket for Joshua that day. In the valley, when he won because they were praying on the hill. It was the winning ticket for Hannah in the Bible. She wasn't able to have children. And then she prayed to God. She was being ridiculed. And then she had a son who was Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. It was the winning ticket for Peter in the New Testament when he was in prison and there were a group of people praying on his behalf. And whilst they're praying, an angel comes into the prison, opens the jail door, walks Peter out of the prison, past the prison guards. It was the winning ticket for Jesus. His whole life was powered by prayer. He did nothing without prayer. Like his life was a life of miracles because it was powered by prayer. It was the winning ticket for Lazarus, who was raised from the dead by Jesus, who prayed for him. And it was the winning ticket for Joe, for Jess, for Alex, for Andrew, for Abigail, for Amy, for Tanya, for Grace. Just a few people who've received significant answers to prayer in this season as we've been praying on Instagram Live. Stop the press. Prayer works. It's the winning ticket. You know, I love the story of Joe. She came online and we prayed for her months ago. And, she, and, and we prayed because she had a neck pain and we prayed it would be healed. She emailed us the next day and said, I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't sleep last night. Not because of the pain, because I didn't have any pain. I was so excited. She emailed us a week later and said, still no neck pain. She, uh, do you know what? I met her for the first time two weeks ago when we started coming on site. And she came up to me and said, oh, hi, I'm Joe. Just to let you know, still no neck pain. I love the story of Jess, who um, we've been tracking with. Um, she was in ICU with a, 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 you know, a fatal condition on the brink. And, um, and we prayed along with lots of other churches, people. We're praying. And every week we just hear she's getting steadily better. Steadily better. Now she's home. 
I love the story of Alex who came on Instagram Rooms a couple of weeks ago and he came on, we saw his face and someone from San Diego came on the chat, had a prophetic word for him that spoke directly into his heart and he started bawling his eyes out on online. Prayer's the winning ticket, it works. And I know what you're thinking. Nick, we love it when you smile at us. We, we love it when you encourage us. We love it when you tell us these stories. But I need to tell you, Nick, I'm still praying and I still don't have a partner. I'm still praying for healing for my mum and, and she's still not healed. I'm still praying for a sense of calling, that word we had, and I don't even know if God cares. And that's... Why well, I want to draw out one more thing from this story today is that prayer costs. It works, but it costs. And you know, if you're facing online, here in the room, wherever you are, if you're facing an uphill battle, you've got to go up the hill again. I love in this story Moses climbs the hill. He's an old man. It takes dedication, effort. It costs him to do that. And I think more than ever, we're living in days where we've got to rearrange our lives to go after the things of God. Not just when it's easy. Not just when we have answers and we say, thank you, Lord. But the times when we don't have the answer and we're still going after it. The times when, we're, you know, not just when we're in the mood. Because I think it sends a massive statement to our Father in heaven. That says, even though I'm still frozen by fear, I'm still praying for freedom. Even though I'm still broken, full of tears, I'm still praying for breakthrough. Even though I've been hurting for years, I'm still going to be praying for healing because I still want to show up because I still believe you know what's best. I still believe you know at the top of that hill that you know what's best and this is the place where I'm going to experience that I'm yours, that I'm loved, that I'm known, that even though I don't have the answer right now, I'm going to keep pressing in and going after the things of God and you know what does it look like to go up the hill again well for some you know it might be off the back of this you want to book your first ever 24-7 press slot at 3am in the morning I did one of those honestly like I, I set my alarm I, I dragged myself out of bed I, I got a bible out and I dribbled into the bible um, I read a few scriptures, I said a few amens, I slept in the Bible, I woke up, I prayed a bit and then I went back to bed and I didn't get any more sleep. But if you knew God was going to be there, why wouldn't you? You know, for others going up the hill, it's going to be like when we eventually can go all out on site and we have a 7.30am prayer meeting on a Tuesday morning, it's going to be maybe just, you know what, I'm still praying for an answer. I'm going to get up and I'm going to brave the cold, horrible weather and I'm going to come in and just pray. And when you do that, what you realise is you get here and you get into the room and you realise it's even colder in the room than it was outside. And during the worship, you're just like, oh man, why didn't they put the heating on for the prayer meeting? If any meeting ever needed heating, it was the prayer meeting that needed heating. But you go for it, okay? 
It's in those moments. Why wouldn't you if you knew Jesus was going to be there? For others today, what it means going up the hill again, the cost of prayer, it simply means that finally you can be honest with God about your disappointments. You can be honest with him about the things that haven't happened. But if you knew that he could handle it, if you knew that he had the best for us, why wouldn't you? Because when you do pay the cost of prayer, when you go up the hill again, when you do, you get a new view. Because from here, from here you see that you're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, that you're praying to enforce a victory that's already happened. From here you see that he's, he's the solution, not part of the problem. From here you see that God's not Amazon Prime. Yes, sometimes we get a direct miracle. Other times it takes a different route, but mostly prayer is like traffic lights. Green for go. Yeah, you can do it. Red for no. And then amber mostly is wait, mystery, don't quite know, but it's okay, I'm with you. From up here, we get to see that we don't need to despise others when they're experiencing their breakthrough and we haven't because we're all uniquely positioned by God in a moment to do what he's called us to do in the same way that Aaron and her were uniquely positioned with Moses on that hill. From up here, we get to see that the main thing about prayer is it's all about getting to know God and be a friend. It says in Exodus 33, I think, that Moses spoke to God. God spoke to him as a friend. And I wanted to read to you this morning these um, wonderful lyrics from Mav City Elevation song that came out recently. I think they might come up on the screen. The song's called Talking to Jesus. And if this tells it great, you know, like if you're looking to learn how to pray for the first time, if you're just starting out on this, I couldn't say it any better. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no bad time to start. It don't have to sound pretty, just tell him what's on your heart. Because it's not a religion, no. Because it's more like a friendship. So just talk to your father like you are his kid. Talking, listening, being still, waiting and writing it down when he does amazing things in your life. Because he will. And I want to come into land by just highlighting the end of this story. Um, after the victory is won, we hear this, okay? Then the Lord said to Moses, write on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. You know, one of the things, the mistakes I think we make when it comes to prayer is actually, if we're being honest, we pray in a way that's about coexisting with the enemy. We pray in a way that's not necessarily about wanting to see the mountain moved, but it's actually having faith just to manage the mountain. That it's actually about saying, uh, you know what, if I can live with a halfway miracle, I will. But what do we see here? God wants to blot out the enemy. He, he wants to so completely blot out the enemy that the enemy you have today is a distant memory tomorrow. That the enemy, whatever it is right now, what is it for you? What are you facing right now? He wants to blot it out. And I love that the story goes one step further because then it says, and write it down and make sure Joshua hears it. Why? Because the battle we face right now isn't going to be the last one on our journey to the promised land, on our journey to the destiny that God has for us. There will be more battles and we need to remember when God came through for us and did incredible things. 
you know, Joshua, he's he's on this journey and he's going to face more battles. And it's as if God wants to say to him, remember this day, remember this day that the victory in the valley was all about what happened on the hill. And it's not long before Joshua is then, you know, Moses is dead and Joshua needs to know it. And he's faced with the city of Jericho. And he's standing there, and I guess just picturing it, looking up at the walls of Jericho. And I just wonder if that reminds him of that day in the valley when he looked up at the hill. And I just wonder if it reminded him of that moment that Moses, Aaron and her were up there working together, praying on his behalf. And it just shoots adrenaline into him knowing that he can do it. And I just wonder if he thinks the only way we're going to take this city is by prayer. And then he has this, given this divine heavenly strategy and they walk around the walls a few times and what do they do? They worship and they pray and they take a few trumpets and they blow some trumpets and the walls come down. And the only way we're going to take this city, this city, see the walls come down, the walls of hardness, The walls that we don't even know about, we just need God to break them. Whatever it is, the only way is going to be by prayer. And the thing I love, and I just want to end with this, is that doesn't this remind you of an even greater story? Only this time we're in the valley. We look up at a hill. We see some tired hands. Although they're not holding a staff, they're nailed to a cross. And we see that we, there's victory in the valley because of what happened on the hill where Jesus died. There's victory in the valley over sin because of what happened on the hill. There's victory in the valley over shame because of what happened on the hill. There's victory in the valley over death, destruction, decay, whatever it is, because of what happened on the hill. And it goes one step further. Do you know what it says about Jesus right now? Check this out. Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Check this out. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Every time we fall, every time we fail, every time we mess it up, our lives are powered by his prayers. Amen. And maybe if the band want to come and join me. And... um, Thank you, guys. And, um, and I, I, I just thought, um, I stole this kneeler from a church a few years ago. <laughs> no, I didn't. They gave it to me. Um, but throughout history, we've been encouraged, you know, we see one of the major postures of prayer is to kneel, get on our knees. Because it's a symbol of dependence in the same way that Moses held the staff in his hands, you know, People say that's a symbol of intercession, of dependence, of saying, God, only you can do it. And I want to invite us today as the guys maybe just play for a bit. If you're able, if you're willing, just to maybe get on your knees today and uh, maybe lift your hands as well. Do whatever you can.
But as the guys just play, I would love for you to ask the Holy Spirit, who do you need to pray for today? Who's that one person, that one situation where you've got to be on the hill for them? He's showing you right now. He's showing you at home, wherever you are in your lounge. He's showing you that person. Who's that one person? I want us to start there today, okay? And we're going to go and there'll be some ministry later and we're going to ask God to do some work in our lives. But I would love us to start. Who's that one person? Should we just get on our knees? Should we lift our hands as well at the same time? And the guys are going to just play for a bit. And wherever you are at home, just begin to pray for that one person who needs it because it makes a difference for them. And then after a while, the guys are going to go into a song and we can then stand and respond and we'll see where it goes. Just know that for some today, tears are starting to flow. That's the compassion of God's heart that he's put in you. You know, the main thing to do is let it surface. Those tears make a difference. So let it surface today. go into the next song maybe just gradually you can begin to stand and respond in your own way Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastreet.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastreet Church.